Welcome to episode 118 of The Real Photo Show. Uh, before I get to my guest, Habib Ali Suwab, I just want to mention some changes and news that have come to The Real Photo Show. First, I am very excited to announce, and if you don't already know, I am producing a new show for Sasha Wolf called Photo Work with Sasha Wolf, and it is based on her amazing book, Photo Work, 40 Photographers on Process and Practice, which is published by Aperture. Episode 1 is already out with guest Brian Skutmat, who recently won the Guggenheim Award, and it is a great talk with Brian. And Episode 2 is going to be released very soon with Chris Graves. Uh, and you can find Photo Work on all your normal podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, and if you haven't found it, just search for Photo Work with Sasha Wolf on whatever streaming service you are using. And if you're not using a streaming service, but you listen through your browser, you can find Photo Work at photowork.pinecast.co. So it's all one words on everything. Uh, photowork.pinecast, as in pinecone, but pinecast.co. And some other news is that The Real Photo Show is also going to be moving to Pinecast. Uh, the website will be the same, realphotoshow.com. And Sasha's podcast will also be featured at realphotoshow.com. But I am leaving SoundCloud and moving to Pinecast because it allows me to have multiple shows with one account. You won't see a change. So if you're listening through Apple or Stitcher or Spotify or Google Podcasts, you should not see any change or disruption. So, uh, the podcast will still continue to download. But if you have been listening on SoundCloud, you should switch over to realphotoshow.com to keep up with the latest episodes. That way, any platform changes uh, won't disrupt your listening pleasure. <laughs> All right. Also, if you have been a guest on the show, and I hope uh, some of my previous guests listen to the show, and you've used uh, the show on your website, uh, in your CVs, things like that, and you've linked to SoundCloud, please go ahead and relink to realphotoshow.com. Just look for your episode on realphotoshow.com. All right. So my guest today is Habib Ali Suwab. Habib is a Trenton, New Jersey-based photographer who has been photographing life in Trenton since he was nine. His work is a mix of portraits of neighborhoods and portraits of people. Uh, the COVID shutdown and the Black Lives Matter movement has impacted the Trenton landscape, and Habib is processing his role as a black photographer whose work speaks both universally and journalistically about his home city. Uh, Habib has shown at Artworks, Roebling Wireworks, the JKC Gallery in Trenton, and he has taught photography to young adults at Mercer County Community College and Artworks. Recently, he was featured on a panel of photographers at the B&H Photo Event Space for a discussion about photojournalism in 2020. And we have a really great conversation. The only thing I'll point out is that sometimes the audio from Habib's end goes a little in and out. Uh, it's just something that's going to happen because we're not in the same rooms anymore, and I can't see all the things that I used to take care of. But uh, it, it's just sometimes it's just going to sound like a weak phone call. That's all. But you can definitely hear everything. All right, everyone. I hope you're all doing well. Thank you for listening. Please check out Photo Work by Sasha Wolf, and we will talk soon. How are you doing? My name is Habib Ali Suab. I'm from Trenton, New Jersey, and I'm a street photographer.
Hi, Habib. How you doing today? <laughs> All right. How are you? Very well. Very well. Very hot. Yes. Yeah. You. I. It looks like we're both uh, at the top of our where we live. Like third floors or second floors or <laughs> we are on the, i am on the third floor <laughs> that's where i am and that this is the hottest room <laughs> yeah it's the hottest room and definitely around this time of the day you could tell the sun is just like right on top of your roof and it's like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah by by the end of the day by about now the roof is about as hot as it's gonna get <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> we were going to make this recording uh after you had curated a show at the jkc gallery and of course everything got shut down unfortunately so i figured we might as well do it now i spent you know i i thought of it after i ran into you photographing the first black Gli black lives matter march in trenton yes thought, sir well we might as well do it no better time than a present i feel like um it's definitely, exactly. definitely it's unfortunate that the jkc and everything was closed down because of the pandemic but i'd rather be safe than sorry so yeah and you know just to back up a little bit you actually had your own show at the JKC Gallery about three years ago now. I think it was 2017. Yes. That was, that's really where I got to know you. I think you had been uh, coming around the, the gallery and we started talking and then started looking, I started looking at your work and uh, then I asked you to show and, and the work I asked you to show back then were almost like um, the beginning of what you're doing now, right? Yes. It's true to the core of me just being a photographer, documenting my community, Trenton, which is a very small, big city, I like to say, with small town vibes. And I'm just out there documenting it. And I'm still doing that to this day. And it was such a learning experience back then. My first show, I learned a lot just by being around you, a couple of keynotes that you gave me. And I still utilize that to this day. But, um, you know, oh, that's I, great. Thanks. <laughs> definitely, but definitely. I always think the, the best thing about the gallery is you get to meet others in the community. Yes, yes. It was so exciting just to know that it was a new gallery in Trenton, first and foremost, but then it was just catering to photographers. And it's a scarce amount of photographers in Trenton, better yet street photographers that's out there. And it was just, it was mind-blowing just going there. It was awesome. You know, it was like rumors. Yeah. I'm hearing the rumors like, oh, it's a new gallery. Wow. And I think the first <laughs> show I went to was... um the theme of it was the, the blacksmith that's in Trenton. Oh, yeah. C.J. Harker's blacksmith. C.J. Harker. Yeah. He's awesome. And um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's really he's really a good guy. But that's the first show I seen there. And it was amazing. And so actually, <laughs> that was the first show. So you were at the very first show. Yes, yes, yes. I yeah. was there. And, <laughs> and actually, I want to give some credit. I think Addison Vincent at Artworks mentioned you to me shout out to addison yes yeah <laughs> yes he sent me an email and it was a random email hey you know um the professor from you know mcc he's he was asking about you he's inquiring about you uh you know i was like wow <laughs> like stop playing addison he's like yeah i was like wow it's crazy so i went from going to a show there maybe a month a couple months prior to actually being recommended to have a solo show my very first solo show yeah yeah and you know i remember at the show you gave me a little information about how you started photographing at nine and your camera and everything i feel like lately though because i so here's the other thing i just saw you in um you were on a, a really great panel at the bnh event space with hayden green 
and also our friend Christopher Davis from Newark, right? Yes, yes. And and uh, and, a, and a bunch of other great uh, photojournalists. And and I feel like the the photojournalist thing for you is is a step in another direction too. The idea of thinking of yourself as a photojournalist, but you're also I feel like uh, having listened to that and 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 hearing you just speak at, um, at other events, and we'll talk about other events uh, too. I feel like you're also starting to open up more about your personal life when you speak. Is yeah, that right? that's true. I never really sat back and reflected and noticed that from the outside in. But the older I get, the more I feel like I just I want to open up. And I'm part of my images. So getting a little bit to know me is more of a backstory to it when it comes down to my work. So then you kind of understand, oh, you know, Maybe that's shot this way. And I don't know. I never really sat back and thought about that. But it's funny. When I first started photography, I went out there with the artist handle, which I still use to this day, which is Beloved One, which is just a take on what my name means in Arabic. And I wanted to be this secluded, dark, mysterious artist. I didn't even want, I didn't want to be in a forelight. I didn't want to have any of my self portraits taken. Anybody really know me. I just wanted to be a mysterious guy. And the, more I interact with the community and different photographers, you know it gives you a reason to know their purpose while shooting and you see their passion their passion and it's something you can't contain after a while. And I've become kind of a voice for the photography scene that's actually in Trenton. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think um, you know, we think of uh, CA Showfed and you, also our good friend Heather Palasek, who you started those artist yes. talks with uh, that got abruptly interrupted by coronavirus, <laughs> and Edwin Torres. Edwin Torres, and, yes. Uh, you know, and of course, uh, Tamara Torres. And, yes. You know, the, I, yeah, it's just, I think what, again, what's, what's great about having run the gallery is now these names just sort of are in my head, right? And it, I, I, when I think of the, the uh, art scene in Trenton, there's a there's a real core group that I think of, and and there's a there's actually quite a bit more than that, and um, you know I have some of them lined up uh, to show next year, hopefully, <laughs> and hopefully you'll be able to curate your show too. Yeah, that would be awesome. Hopefully, you know everything, and that's what I miss. I miss going out with my photographer friends and just creating or sitting around talking about creating, going to different galleries and watching different, seeing different things, getting influenced, you know. Man, it sucks. I just was reflecting on it, but <laughs> but it's so many different artists that's in Trenton. It's really a town for the arts. The arts keep the town alive. I say it all the time. You know, I boost and brag. It's that Jersey pride, definitely. You know, just being from Trenton, like the capital. I go out and I'm if I'm in Newark or I'm in Manhattan or Brooklyn. And I'm around different street photographers. They know exactly where I'm from because I'm just telling them, "Hey, come down, the art scene." Anyone who's come to the city itself. I hate to sound like a a tour guy right now, but they That's great. Yeah. They, they they see it and they see how the arts is in the city. And it's a lot of up and coming younger street photographers who I've met also and they're awesome, mm. man. They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that that's really that's really great. And you're a good ambassador for Trenton. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I sound like, an ambassador for Trenton, which I am not. Please don't. <laughs> do not do not think I am, but it's just a pride that I have in my city where I'm from. Yeah. So let's just back up a little bit. Uh, so why don't you uh, uh, tell us how you got started and how you grew up and all that stuff? 
Um, the way I got started in photography, my parents were really big into the arts and they pushed me into the arts. Anytime out of school, my dad was taking me to the museum. He was a trumpet player himself. My mom was really big into the arts. And one of the summer camps they put me in, and I hated school. <laughs> I hated summer camps. I'd rather be home watching TV was Kaleidoscope Kids, which was actually ran out of the State Museum that's on West State Street. It was a cool program. They opened us up to a lot of things, but one of the projects that we had throughout the course of the summer is that they would give us a disposable camera. So when we weren't at the camps, we were on a campsite, they would encourage us to take pictures. And once I came home with a digital camera, my well, not a digital camera, I'm sorry, with an old disposable box camera, mm. my father was ecstatic. He loved the idea of it because he used to run around and shoot with a um old 35 millimeter at one point in time in his life and you know, he encouraged me to do it and I just seen how excited he was and how big my mom was behind it and the, the developing phase, the photos once I got them back and I was just I fell in love with photography at that moment and throughout school and high school and even a short period of time at Mercer County Community College, I still was following the field of visual arts, but it wasn't still photography. I wanted to be a film director, but with technology and cell phone cameras, my love of photography came right back. Like it never left. And I started off actually shooting with a Samsung S5 and a lot of people on social media were taking notice to me. A lot of other photographers who have been in the city of Trenton or they're surrounded by the Trenton and when I meet them, they'll ask me, are you shooting with the Canon? Mark, um, you're just asking me all these questions. And I'm a self-taught photographer. I didn't know how to answer. I'm like, no, I'm shooting with my cell phone. And their encouragement, the only advice they would ever give me was get a camera, get mm. a camera. And once I got a camera, the rest is history, as some, some would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did you actually study photography at all? Did you, is, are you mostly self-taught? I'm, I'm a self-taught photographer and I, within five minutes of you meeting me, <laughs> I'm probably <laughs> going to remind you maybe two times. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm self-taught photographer. I take pride that what I've learned was by error, by trail of error, by, and by meeting different photographers and just a little clues that they would give me and the technology nowadays. YouTube. I laugh. I say I went to YouTube University, you know, because <laughs> I learned so much about photography and different photographers throughout YouTube. And I had also learned um, how to make my own website from YouTube, my photography website from YouTube, and even Lightroom editing skills that I use in post-production. And yeah, I'll laugh about it. But the thing about YouTube, I feel like it's really dangerous. Anybody, everyone has an opinion, you know, and it's easy, it's easy to influence people who are so passionate about something. And you had to decipher what are you listening to when you're listening to these creatives? What are they telling you? Why, why are you telling me to go out and get this whatever camera? Or why are you, now you're selling me presets or $50 filters for my, my lens? You know, like you really have to sit back and decipher and, and, and cipher out like what you're soaking up with the knowledge. And I learned that over the years to the point now where, you know, it's yeah. kind of it's comical now. Some some <laughs> of the YouTube influencers that's out there. <laughs> yeah, the the um. I mean, I I still learn a lot from YouTube when I start something new. Yes. But the the thing in the thing about photography that um 
that's tough is often the people that you are getting your information from are also taking some of the cheesiest photos, you know, like, yes. you know, this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's, it's typically it's a male YouTuber and a female model and, you know, yes. They're not always the greatest photos. <laughs> no, they're not. They're, they are not at all. Is You know, it's subjective. So I sit back. Art is subjective itself. You can sit back and you laugh. I sit back and I laugh at it. Um, don't get me wrong. Five years ago, so I pretty much became serious with photography five years ago when my kid was born, my daughter was born. And five years ago, those photos were awesome to me those were right those were the best photos ever i was the saturation king i look back at my photos from actually my first show and i'm like you know i give it away (laughs) i give away some of the prints for like housewarming gifts and i'm like you know it's a first edition you know (laughs) that's right yep oh yeah i you know i remember having conversations with you and i can i can see why you you were such a good self-taught student in a way because you asked the most probing questions i mean you didn't give up yeah i remember like you made me think about a lot of things you know that i you don't always think about when you're you know 30 years into something right yeah that was awesome yeah like i actually had to give you fair warning one time i remember because i i soak it up i love it i love talking to different people seeing where their influences from what's their thought process when they're out shooting it could get tiresome like i feel like i'm annoying people <laughs> you know, at one point in time when we were having a conversation i was i remember looking at you i said hey, i'm sorry if i'm asking you so many questions and you're no. so cool about it you're like nah man ask away you're like go go for it you know and yeah no once i hit teaching mode i love it yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it was a great conversation yeah. um the other thing that uh that, that you just reminded me about you mentioned summer camp right yes and so that reminded me that you did teen arts for me at mercer yes with with ca yeah yeah (laughs) that was such a cool experience that was the first time when i had to uh kind of sit back and think about it like that's when (laughs) i actually start reflecting myself like hey i don't know (laughs) what i'm gonna teach but it's just experience i feel like and people they connect with different types of energies you just go in there and this is how I would like to learn photography, kind of on the fly, you know. And it was an awesome experience. Thank you so much for that. Those oh, kids, no. were, those kids uh, were awesome. Great. Yeah, it was, was such. A I great wanted, time. I wanted you. So I've been, I've been saying CA because that, that's his, uh, his business name, but Cra- it's really Craig. Yes, Craig. <laughs> so I still, Craig. I still call him CA sometimes. <laughs> it's like Craig. <laughs> but you, you and Craig did a great job, and and you guys came up with your own curriculum. You did a kind of street photography on campus idea. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's great. And then I, um, I, I suggested the two of you do it again this year, but. Uh, once again, we didn't have teen arts this year. <laughs> no teen arts this year. No teen arts. <laughs> yeah. But you did uh, teach an amazing course for the kids at Artworks. Yes. That I came to watch. Yes. Who was that with? That, what's the name of that group? Those kids, those bright young adults are from the Sprout U, Sprout University. It's a private school that's actually entrance for the performing arts and these kids are awesome. They're they are. in New York uh, doing different Broadway shows. They're singing at City Hall. They're just awesome. And they're so ecstatic. They're so 
hungry for the knowledge. It was, it was just crazy that they wanted to learn photography. And that was very new to me, just teaching photography in that, that setting. When it came down to street photography with the Teen Arts Fest, you know, we were on a fly and we were just with the students for maybe a half an hour tops and then we were rotating oh, to sure. another group. Yeah. These kids, we formed a bond, a relationship, you know. We we're sitting in the classroom for maybe an hour and a half and we'll go over just basic things about photography as far as lighting, um, shadows, contrast, a little bit of rules of the third, different types of photography. And later on, we will go outside and it was dead middle of the winter. It's located next to Mill Hill Park, which is a pretty large park in downtown Trenton. And we would keep them in a keep the kids in a group, but we would all take photos. So I would go out there, hey, I want you guys to focus on leaves right now. Show me how creative you can get with taking photos of leaves, you know. And it went from them picking the leaves up to getting their <laughs> friends interacting, throwing them in the air. But it was a great experience to the point where I actually sat back and reflected, like, thinking maybe, you know, maybe I could teach photography. It's something, like, I would actually probably want to pursue, go back to school, but it was just awesome. And I keep a relationship with them and I'll probably teach them again in the future. Yeah, no, that Sprout organization is fantastic. They, they came to the gallery they go for a show and I mean, they are in a great program. Yes. Those yes. kids. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Young, kids. And, <laughs> and uh, young adults. But, but <laughs> the thing I really liked about what you were doing was you were you were letting them use the tools that they had. Yes. Like, what did they have? They had phones. I think some of them had cameras and some of them had phones. Yes. And, yeah. And so whatever they had, that's what you were teaching them how to use. And I, th I thought that was a great way to do it. I've never been a, uh, uh, what is it, a tech geek or someone that... A gearhead? A gearhead. Yes. I couldn't think of it. A <laughs> gearhead. At one point in time, I was never a gearhead. I will avoid conversations one, because I was self-taught and I didn't want to get wrapped up in a conversation or something I didn't know. Two, I just always feel like it's, it's the person that's actually holding the camera. And any photographer would tell you that. Even though they'll brag about how awesome a like it is, at the end of the sentence, it will always go back to, at the end of the day, it's the shooter behind the, the camera. And I felt like that. And that goes back to me learning, well, pretty much messing around photography with the camera and these cameras right now are the technology is so much better five years ago one year ago people are making movies on iphones you know and every kid yeah. just so happens or young adult has a cell phone on them so that's what i based it around and most cell phones you can actually put into um professional mode so you can show them what the aperture does and different things like that you know just have fun with it that's my main focus have fun with it my whole, one of my main things that my curriculum was based around was filters and hand editing. No filters. That was my whole thing. It's easy to slap a filter on a photo, but that's someone else's idea. You know, get, get kind of creative, get funky with it. Make it black and white, make it purple. Just don't throw a filter on there. Do your own thing. Yeah, no, you know, everyone has access to those same filters. And so, you know, everybody knows when you're using the, the canned 70s Polaroid preset, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And for the two groups of kids I taught, one was a younger group, which were um, middle school students, and it was a smaller group of high school students. And I was taking a lot of my experiences and how I fell in love with photography 
and I bought them Ilford disposable cameras, and that's what their project was. And some of the some of the cam- a couple cameras got lost, but at the end of the day, we had a reception for them about the end of the semester around Christmas time, and they were. They were, they were in love with what they saw the hmm. production was. So it made me feel really good, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, I'm glad you're going to be doing that again. I really like that organization. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, of course, what's been happening uh, now a lot are, have been marches and protests and demonstrations. And, and of course, you've been roaming the streets of Trenton photographing long before all of this. And, and, and then we also had the shutdown with COVID and all those things. How has that changed what you've been doing and how you've been doing it? The COVID, let's start down a timeline. With the COVID, the pandemic, I um, I just wanted to adapt to my situation at the same time, be safe. But I feel like this is a monumental time that we're going through. This is an historic event that it needs to be documented. My duty as a photographer, I never considered myself a, a journalist or a documentarian but my duty as a photographer, I feel like, was to just go out there and take the photos of what's going on. And it goes, it was pretty much no one out there. And the people that you did see out there, they were all masked, which is just strange. You know, a couple of weeks ago, this wasn't going on. It's funny what's going on now. But I noticed something with that. A lot of people, a lot of photographers were out. They had almost the same mind frame. So you're seeing a lot of these photos with these masks on and it's being seen. And I was like, okay, I'm doing it for the, my city. But the energy wasn't there. I realized as a street photographer, when I'm out moving along the city, I'm really picking up the energy and the, what I'm feeling from people. And I speak to random people every day when I'm out there. And at this point in time, I wasn't speaking to anybody and I didn't feel the energy that I usually feel. Rather, it was kind of blue and moody and that reflected how my photos were coming out post-editing. I really maybe only put up or submitted a couple things from one night out there shooting. And after that, I kind of lost my motivation to shoot for a while. I put my camera down, my bag started getting dusty and I started focusing on the business aspect of my photography more so kind of straighten up my social media accounts, a website, different things of that nature. Recently, with the things that's going on in this country, the turmoil, I feel like that's the time to document also. And Trenton, everyone in Trenton has this sort of, you know, we have that that proudness of us. You know it. Most people yeah. know it. And it was just like a historical time. And it was a buzz. It was a buzz in the street about this protest that's coming up. And as a photographer, I said, it's my duty to be down there from beginning to the end. Unfortunately, once it got dark, kind of got a little violent, got really sketchy down there. And I was sitting back and I was talking to um, Christopher Davis Dolo Photo, who's a great friend of mine from North New Jersey. A lot of similarities. We're just in two different cities in Jersey. Yeah. And we were speaking, and I said, wow, all the protests that were going on in Jersey, Trenton is like the only one that they really started looting and burning cop cars. And I was talking to other photographers. They were asking me, how does it feel that you're putting that image out there? Like, do you feel like you need to have some type of substance behind it, saying different things? I said, I just want to keep it raw and uncut. This is what happened. It went from a peaceful protest to... 
a lot of emotions were involved. You know, it just got kind of crazy. And the whole time I was down there, I just felt like I had to stay down there. Yeah, I remember. Um, I was there till about uh, five, six o'clock. Uh, and then uh, um, I was looking online and all of a sudden I started seeing the photos change a little bit from what yeah. I had experienced. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I remember and I, I, re I heard you talk about this, too, on the, the event space with Hayden Green. You talked about needing to show it all, like yes. needing to show the whole thing. Yes. And it makes sense. And you're right. I mean, Camden and Newark had been just just been getting press about how peaceful the protests were and how even like police had walked with protesters and all that. And we actually did have some of that. Yes. In Trenton. Yes. At the beginning, I remember. Yeah. Uh, and then right. And then it, it turned at night. And of course, Trenton's not the only place where that happened. It, it happened across the country. Yes, it um, happened across the country. You know, everybody... Everybody always says, oh, this was great because it was peaceful and this was a better, uh, you know, uh, uh, protest because it was peaceful. But you have to also understand the rage. You have to understand the anger. You have to understand the, you know, the decades of pent up, you know, oppression to, to understand why this happens. And, and, and people have obviously involved in this have been spoken about it much more eloquently than I ever could. But you know, there's there's a rage, there's a pressure point, there's a boiling point, and um, there. Uh, I wish I could remember her name. Um, it was on social media for a while. She she said, you know, the that store isn't ours. We we don't own that store, and we we have no benefit from that store. Why do we give a fuck about that store? You know, and uh, you know, there's a lot we, of anger. We could curse on here. Yes. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh, you've been Salted. you've been wanting to curse all this time. I didn't know we could fucking curse. <laughs> oh, all right, so, well, you could do some catching up now. I, yeah, I could I could actually kind of like I could talk a little faster. I'm sorry. I talk like a like a fucking seller. That's why I was stumbling on kind of a lot of my words. No, I put it, so, yeah. I put an explicit label on every podcast. No, oh, don't don't yeah, yeah. don't censor yourself. Yeah, I was biting my tongue. Sorry, audience. So, yeah, people are fucking pissed off, man. People are pissed off. And it's it's years, it's decades of this, man. And unless you're blind and, you know, you don't know me personally, you've never seen my photo, I am a six-foot black African-American bald <laughs> man. And I felt this growing up since since... I was born. It's just, it's just, it's sickening. It's, it's sad, man. And if I wasn't a photographer, I would have been out there on the front line. So it was so many different emotions. So you gotta understand, I wasn't shooting for about maybe fucking four months, three months into this protest. So it was kind of like an overload of energy just out there. It was a lot of fucking emotions. And I want to say I'm an empath, but I felt it. Like I felt what was going on with people, man. Like, just everybody. And it was all different colors and ethnicities out there. It was it was a beautiful thing, but I don't know. The later the night went, people were really fucking pissed, man. And the presence of the cops kind of, like, that's when it turned fucking ugly. And you could feel it. You could honestly feel it. And, you know, you don't, it wasn't some six cent shit or a Spider-Man tingling. Thing. Like, unless you were blind, you knew that some shit was going on. You knew that there were certain individuals that are down there just to fucking fuck shit up. Like, <laughs> to name his terms, to like really fuck shit up. And as a photographer, like I said, I just wanted to be down there. And 
it's fucking nuts. I was recently with, um, I want to say a confidential source and he's, he's actually a photographer too, but he, I'm hanging out with him. We we're about to go down to Camden waterfront to take photos. He's like, Oh shit, look at this video I just received. And this surveillance of the street cameras of the people that are out there actually looting. And I, I thought these surveillance cameras were dead. Mm. <laughs> I never, you know, they're moving around and it looks like it was shot on a, 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 a 4K camera, man. Oh my like, God. It was so clear. But the craziest thing about these, these, all these, this footage that he's receiving, you see me in every <laughs> one of the images walking around with a camera, the guys lighting the cop car on fire. You see yeah. me like, Right next to him with a 50 mil. I challenged myself as a photographer, and I wanted to go out there. Like, I only went out there with one camera, one lens. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I got some really good shots. I'm my own worst critic, but I feel like I got some really good shots. But I was really close, really up close. At one point in time, these cops on one side of the street and the protesters on the other side of the street. And something told me, like, maybe you should, you know, like, a reaction and I just happened to move when a fucking brick flies by me. And I'm like, yeah, it's getting real down here. But for the whole time down there, I don't know. I didn't fear for my safety at all. And so I said this on the D&H panel. until so the next day, when I went to post-production, I was out there. It's like maybe 1 o'clock at night. You know, until the streets were almost empty and all the looting was done. And once I got home, I crashed. I fell asleep. But the next day, I looked at my photos. took over maybe 1,000 photos. And I'm going through them, and it's going from the peaceful to the nighttime when the shit got real. I was like, you know, fuck, I was down there. That's yeah. kind of dangerous, man. Like, yeah. you know, I almost got hit with a brick yesterday. You know, like, it was kind of crazy. You know, I sat back and I thought about it, but I'll do it again. You know, there's, a, there's an incredible debate going on about whether or not to show faces or to put black bars in front of them or to blur them. And... Uh, I think uh, both uh, uh, Google and Apple are coming out with blur tools for the phones and things like that. But, um, you know, the the debate against that idea is, first of all, like you just said, there's incredible surveillance going on at all these rallies and protests already. So everyone's face yes. is being recorded. Facial recognition yeah. technology is off the charts right now. But also... If we were, to, if we go back and look at those late '60s civil rights era photographs, would they be as powerful if we didn't see people's eyes, if we didn't see people's expressions, if we didn't see the emotion and the intensity? Right? Would we have been as moved by those photos if there were black bars or blurred or things like that? And that's I think a, that's a strong point. case. Yeah, I think that's a strong case. You know, when I when I was photographing in the Middle East before, you know, long before I was married or had children, when I was really an undergraduate, I was reckless. You know, I I I got tear gas, I got a hit with a rubber bullet, I got you know all kinds of things, and 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 I got really close to a lot of Palestinians while I was photographing, and then I got taken down to a uh, police station by the military, the Israeli army, and they confiscated my film, they processed it, and they arrested Palestinians from my film. Oh, and wow. I mean, I, it, it, it just changed my world. You know, I was sort of just kind of young and stupid making these pictures. And I, I believed in what I was doing. I believed in showing what was happening from the side of parents. I was really interested in the parents of these really kids or young adults who were protesting, you know. And, mm. and I was interested in that story, that family story, which is um, something I've always been interested in. And, and it really just sort of changed my world when I heard that. 
uh, and it, it, it turned me off of photojournalism for the, the whole idea of it for a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I, you know, I understand it. I understand that, that, that calling to show what's happening, to show everything that's happening. And, um, when I was photographing the large groups in Trenton, the, the, of the March, the Black Lives Matter March, mm-hmm. you know, that I was doing the overall pictures. I wasn't really thinking too much about identity, uh, facial recognition and things like that. But whenever I got close to someone, I would ask their permission to take their photo. Uh, so all the sort of very still portrait-like photos that I made there, those are all, you know, I would ask them, is this okay? Do you mind if I photograph? And, of course, you're wearing the mask, so what I do is point to the camera and point to them and, you know, get them to nod at me, you know, things like that, because you have to do it very quickly. But, yeah, but yeah that, it re- that really affected me in the way I photograph ever since then for, you know, 30 years. That's that's wow that's crazy yeah yeah but it's 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 not a new debate but it is a debate and it is worth having but i do think i do think seeing the eyes and seeing the intensity and and seeing and is important to the the work one thing um that's that's a lot to take in one thing about like so so say for example i grew up um in a black household you know and we was taught civil rights at a very early age a lot of things i went to a private school when i was one to from my kindergarten to third grade called African People Action School, hmm. and every day was Black History Month. Oh wow! Every day we learned about uh, someone that did something awesome for Black history, whether it be Thurgood Marshall or Frederick Douglass. One day, so I grew up learning about a lot of this stuff, and a lot of the images from Civil Wars. That's another thing that got me into photography. And I, I feel like you had to document those type of things because what kind of impact would it have on you if you didn't see this firsthand? You weren't there. So you're, we're going back to history. We're looking at photography. We're looking at photos that, um, you know, that make us feel this type of way. But I feel like if a lot of faces were, let's say, barred out, like bars over the eyes, not pixelated, I feel like it still would put a lot of fear in people's hearts. Like, for example, the KKK, because it's a mysterious fact. This a boogeyman. People, everybody would describe him looking different. Mm. So now you just know that it's a a white male, to say. I feel like it would still heighten the fear. But the eyes never lie. And the expression that you see in these photos tells such a vivid story. What I do when I take photography, when I take portraits of people, I usually single focus point. And it's always in the eyes. I have like a 10-year-old camera. I don't have the eye tracker, you know. (laughs) But I will move the the cursor around. And it's in the eyes. And the eyes are the window to the soul, man. Mm -hmm. It's so deep. To the protest, one thing I noticed I was doing, I was shooting. There was so much movement going on. So I was shooting at a slower speed than I usually would at nighttime. So that it was a lot. You see the movement. You really can't see their faces. Two, it's common sense. If you're out there breaking come on guys like it's a pandemic too cover your fucking face you should be out here with a fucking mask on one time don't make it so easy like come on like come on like yeah so seriously but you know a lot of people on my photos were masked up i took in consideration Mm -hmm. doing post editing the photos i I took so many photos man and (laughs) it was so much material that i was editing and I sit back and look at it like, hey, I don't think I should you know, put this out there because I'm still in the community. A lot of people that are in my photos from the demonstration or whenever, like I say, fucking shit up, <laughs> they've been locked up. 
and it's a small community. People know me as being a photographer. Oh, yeah. It's not hard to see me in Trenton, New Jersey, walking around with a camera, you know, a huge DSLR. People know me. Trenton is very small. Everyone knows everyone. It's only one high school out here. Most people, if they don't know you, somebody knows you. So I was thinking about that. But it's so deep, man. One of the guys that got locked up, they seen one of his tattoos on a camera. Like I said, which was fucking 4K. It was crystal clear. So they seen his tattoos. They seen his sneakers. What do they do? They go on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The same sneakers. Pretty much he had the same outfit on that he was down there when he was doing this shit. There are definitely some instigators, I remember. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of people, man. It was yeah. a lot of reports of people that weren't for the communities yep. all around America that were actually starting shit, and I, I witnessed that also. Mm-hmm. The first person that got locked up um, for setting the police car on fire was not from Trenton. I don't want to quote. I don't want to yeah. say the wrong city, but he was, he was not from Trenton, nowhere close either. And you've seen it on TV, too. People, like, smashing windows and then running away. Usually, yeah. Usually white dudes. Yeah. <laughs> the umbrella man. Yeah. That shit was crazy. <laughs> so in terms of, 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 you know, sort of more personal work and projects, one of the things you have been working on is your neighborhood, right? Yes. My neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's something you're going to continue with, right? Yes. It's a year long project. I wanted to put a year long one here because I'm still practicing patience and I want to put it out there soon. Wow, it's like really, it's in my hands, but it's a process. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little backstory about my neighborhood project. Um, like I said, Trent is a very small community, it's split up like most cities, north, east, southwest, most coordinates. Um, and within the region of East Trenton, there's a small neighborhood that's called Wilbur Section, and so much history in this neighborhood. I'm not sure why they call it Wilbur Section. It was called Wilbur Section when my parents were little kids. They don't even know the backstory of it. But it's, I want to say infamous. When I say infamous, I choose my words hmm. wisely because it's known for crime, gang activity, drug usage, um, murders, unsolved homicides. And this is where I'm from. And this is what formed and shaped me to the man that I am today. You know, and... I just want to give the world, I want to give back something to my community. I want people to acknowledge themselves and know that they're beautiful, that, you know, I, I'm the one, I'm no one to preach to what's going on with my peers or different people I grew up with. But I feel like if they look at themselves in a different light, they will understand there's much more that they could be doing out here or as much more to yourself. You know, I want to leave something around for my daughter when I am not here. And it's, it's, it's close to me. It's something that I was talking to a photographer about, Edwin Torres, and just a body of work I've been doing. I'm in my community, I'm taking photos, and um, I recently moved back around this neighborhood. And he pat me on my back and he said, this is something that no one else could do besides you. You're the only other person that can do this project. So I set a time, maybe last summer I started this project. I shot it throughout the winter, and I was going to kind of wrap it up this year, but with the pandemic that's going on in a quarantine i feel like i miss so much but i've still been taking photos out here with different people but in the same sense like i said one of my number one rules of being a street photographer just a person in general is you need to be aware of your surroundings and you need to be knowledgeable of what's going on around you yeah. and feel that energy and like i said trenton is it's a lot of crime in the city and 
bullets don't have any names. I'm not trying to put myself in any harm's way because you're here today, you're gone tomorrow. And they'll be saying he was, he was a great photographer instead of he is a great photographer. Mm. I just don't want any accidents. And I'm just trying to, you know, distance myself for a little bit. And there's so much going on out here, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was actually, uh, I remember a little bit of the conversation you were having at the event space. And I remember one of the things you talked about was having that personal connection understanding where you're photographing and why you're photographing and and of course the point was made you don't you don't have to be from a place to respectfully photograph a place but on the other hand there's no reason for a newspaper a magazine a, a you know a um, an organization to send a stranger into Trenton when there's so many great photographers in Trenton who can do the work yeah don't get me wrong save for shit and giggles it was a, a photographer from Philly that came out here Fucking great photographer. He's probably going to put out great images trying to do this, this, but the connection is not going to be there. And I feel like it's an unspoken thing of why people gravitate to certain type of photos that they actually see, whether it's at a museum or it's in a book or in a magazine. It's something that people gravitate to. And that's something that the subject and the photographer share is some type of unspoken chemistry there. Like, for example, one of the things I do, if I'm shooting an artist, let's say a musician, I listen to their music and I talk to them for like maybe a half an hour. I'm like, hey, you know, this is not going against your time that I'm trying. Let's just talk. Let's listen to your music. You know, and it's just that, that small connection I got with them. If I'm taking besides candid photos and I'm just moving throughout the street, I'm breezing through the streets. If I'm taking real deep portraits, I'm talking to the guy usually. I'm probably going to. We're probably going to go to the liquor store and get a beer together and, like, you know, just talk about life. What are you, what's going on with you, man? Are you okay? You know, and I feel like that connection is deeper. And that's my community. This is my community. I was born here. I was raised here. And I feel like that's even goes on the out, outside of Wilbur section, you know. Maybe that's me being a Trent photographer, you know. I'm, I'm from here. I'm been, I'm, I live here, you know. It's just yeah. that connection is, is deeper. Yeah, yeah. So I know you have to um, you have to go soon to pick up that beautiful baby girl of yours. <laughs> but... I know. Um, let's <laughs> but... talk for like maybe like five more minutes or so. Well, that's what I, I, <laughs> I really—that's uh... all I want to do. I want to ask uh, what what haven't we mentioned? What what uh what did I what haven't I asked? You didn't talk about my gear, which is <laughs> irrelevant. Well, I'll tell you what, Edwin Torres and I are going to get you to start photographing with uh, film pretty soon. <laughs> My goal for 2020 was to actually shoot with more film. And I just feel like I'm collecting more and more 35 millimeter cameras. And I've been like, the film... My cameras, I feel like I'm just fucking up. It's like the light seal on one is broken. That's, after I put the film yeah, into it. That's what it. happens when they get old. Um, yeah. I have an old... Somebody dropped off an old range, range finder to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh shit, I get to shoot a range finder. Fuck. I'm running around shooting with it, and I felt pressure while I was trying to wind a film, and me didn't know my own strength, uh, popped the film inside, uh, so now I'm like, shit, and I feel like I got a lot of good material. I'm running around with my daughter. I just recently bought her a little camera, mm -hmm. and I just sit back and watch her photograph, and when she's out photographing- Yeah, I'm that's like, fun. I've seen some tips. of those videos. That's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, she, she, she's serious about it, man. She's really <laughs> serious about it. But while she's doing that, I'm I'm practicing film. So while she's out usually running around, I usually grab one of my 35-millimeter cameras. I have about maybe five now. <laughs> I grab one and I little film in it, and I'll go out, run around, and shoot. But I want to shoot more film. I feel like it's going to make me a stronger photographer all yeah. the way around. Definitely when it comes down to street well, photography. Well, if all things go well, 
I mean, even if all things don't go well, the the dark room will be open in the spring semester at Mercer, and yes. uh, I'll be I'll be teaching photo one black and white photo. You know, even if we're only there part of the time, like some kind of hybrid class, um, mm-hmm. it'll be open, and you're always welcome to come to the dark room, <laughs> mm. and I can uh, help you uh, fix some of those cameras up. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Yes, uh, I got a shitload of cameras for you, man. I'm going to come with like a couple cardboard boxes, man. <laughs> All right. Well, Habib, thank you very much for taking the time. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It was great catching up with you. We'll have, hopefully see each other pretty soon. Always. It's social distance and sit back and enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye-bye, y'all.